Happy Halloween, everybody. Welcome back to the Halloween 365 podcast. Mm, all the ghouls and goblins out there, this is Aurora. And you have reached the only spot where it is horror 24 7 and Halloween 365. Mm. I love it. I love it. <laughs> three years, three years running, and we are still. The best. Three Halloweens, the best. two years. Three Halloweens, two years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, that is true. We are still the only podcast doing what we do, bringing you the spook 365. Mm-hmm. Love it. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. Hopefully, if you made bad decisions over your Halloween weekend, you're suffering for it. I mean, hopefully, you're having a good Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I noticed something very unusual. A lot of people this this past weekend did their, their did their celebrating early. They just did their celebrating early. I don't know how mm-hmm. I feel about it personally, but hey, to each their own, I suppose, right? We actually still have uh, uh, events that are happening around here that are going to happen on Ooh. Halloween. So, and I think that there is going to be I think there might be trick or treating in some places. It's going to be on. Uh, I know not a lot's going on here tonight. Like, not that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a bummer, but what can you do? Well, all the, uh, as far as early stuff goes, all the, uh, the parties and, uh, you know, the Halloween walk of shames happened on Saturday. The walk of shame. Yeah, the Halloween walk of shame. Like, (laughs) the walk of shame. Whenever they have to walk back with bruised knees. Oh god! Oh, what was in the costume on How I Met Your Mother? A girl walks. Oh, girl walks by in an Indian costume, and Barney goes, "Looks like she's got a couple of wounded knees." Oh Jesus Christ! And that was our episode, everybody. And the last episode. So, <laughs> uh, well, have you have you boys thought of anything that you're gonna do this this how Are you doing anything? Are you going anywhere? Are you are you throwing down? Well, what's going on? Listening to this episode, I don't know. Not wandering don't know. around, trying to embrace the last remaining bit of October. Yeah. Trying to soak it up, yeah. honestly. That's fair. Soak it up. Well, soak it I'd up. I'd like to go to a Halloween costume party. As you can see, I've already got my costume here. To those of you, Max, tell everybody who you're supposed to be. At least to show those us. of you, I'll, 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 show us, show us, show us. I I don't necessarily. Where's the piece? There's the piece. There's the piece. And this is <laughs> not, not a real, real gun. This is an airsoft. It's not a real gun. It is. Uh, and who are you? So I don't know about Angels, angels but it's fear that gives men wings. And if you know that, if you are a gamer, my favorite Rockstar game of all time, yes, of all time, Max Payne. Just a little less hair. I'm mixing two. I'm mixing one and three together. That's fine. That's fine. We'll take it. But no, it's better than Mar. It's still better than Wahlberg's. Oh yeah. You know what? Um, Just real quick, a very underrated or uh, opinion not looked at. Well, I I liked it. I liked Mark Mark Wahlberg's Max. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you there. I don't have a comment on that. I do have a comment on the fact that this is our Sleepy Hollow Halloween episode. 
Uh, we also have a couple of other tricks and treats for you on this episode because Jeremy and I are carving pumpkins actively while we're on this app. You are carving pumpkins. Actively. I love it. I was going to do a pumpkin carving, but I, I had... Uh, I, I did mine already. I didn't realize that this was the plan. Well, Jeremy just dropped it, so the whole thing just busted. No. I heard the knife fall. No, that was uh, uh, that was the lid, the, the hat. The lid. <laughs> it was his hat. The lid. Uh, so yeah, oh, no. we are carving pumpkins actively. Uh, we do have a new little segment uh, that we're gonna do. Nothing. Uh, nothing too time expensive but we have uh, a little segment that uh, we're gonna do and we also have it came from reddit is that right chat we do we have it it came from reddit do we have a hot takes today hot no sheets? no hot, hot sheets. sheets today right no hot sheets no hot sheets i mean today. there is halloween Beautiful. news everybody Beautiful. there was shit that happened over the weekend but i'm pretty sure you don't want me to read it on this episode because there's no need you know, we're focusing on the positive not the negatives yep we're, we're going to focus on the positive. Should I get right into the Reddit? I think maybe we should dive. I think we should dive on in while I carve this pumpkin. Same here. Ooh. It came from Reddit. Spooky. So, let me just say this. Most of our Reddit stories involve ghost but nothing has involved any creatures of goblins, monsters, anything like that. What is your take? Do you believe that these creatures exist out there? And I'm not talking about just cryptids. I mean, something that could live under one's bed. I, okay, so it depends on the, on the monster <clears throat> that we're talking about here. If we're talking about okay. Sully... From and my from fucking Sol. Monsters Inc. Then no, I don't believe that that's into then no, 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 okay. Um, I believe that shit like that, anything that's been kind of recorded enough throughout history, <clears throat> could have possibly been real at one point in time. Yes. Oh, interesting. Well, today's story comes from the unknown worm one one zero two. And this was posted three days ago. Three days ago. The title of our Reddit today is Little Monster. So hold on, hold on. Fred Savage? Yeah. <clears throat> you know what? That's the first thing my brain kind of went to. I was like, Fred Savage. Huh. <laughs> uh, but no, no. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? When I was five years old, I was trying to fall asleep when I felt the presence at the bottom of my bed. I thought that it was one of my parents, but what I saw was quite different. It was a small, black, hairy shape with yellow eyes and jagged teeth. I pulled the covers over my head, and then I felt as if I was being choked. It stopped abruptly, and I was too scared to leave my bed to tell my parents. I waited for morning to come, and of course, no one believed me. And ever since the, that appearance, my arthritis has been uncontrollable. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm now 51 years old, and I still remember the little monster. The little monster that gave me arthritis. <laughs> I swear ah. to God, that's that's today's story. I'll tell now, you this: if uh, something was crawling up in my bed and choking me, I wouldn't be afraid. 
I'd say, well, come on in. <laughs> Harder, Daddy. That's, daddy that's chill. what it is. That's what. Not Daddy Chill. Jeremy's just going to be. <laughs> just yelping. Oh, God. Well, what, what, what's your take? What, what do you think about a known worm story? You know, here? okay, so I'll give you my quick take. You know, the everybody's seen the commercial for uh, uh, the nasal spray, and it's got that big wad of snot. The Mucinex yeah, the, monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I thought of, but it's yeah. the arthritis monster. I'm going to get you arthritis. Does he, is, I imagine he has got a Boston accent. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Make you lose your grip down at the harbor. <laughs> uh, to all of our New York listeners, I, uh, <laughs> it's okay. We, listen, we have just listen. lost all of You're you. Pro- no, 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 no. Because it's fair game. Because I guarantee that there have been several instances where some of our listeners have made fun of uh, some of the words that we say because of our Appalachian. Oh, I'm sure they so have. It's I, fair I'm game, sure. baby. Oh, you, you khakis and your khakis. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> You're going to Boston now. Uh, well, what's what's your take on this? What are you eating? First of all, I was going to say, it's Halloween. I have to have some candy. It's oh, you were right. You love those Kit Kats. I love them, dude. Mm-hmm. My favorite. What did what are those rate? What are those rate into our tier list last year? Was it S tier? Just below. It was high up there. It was up there. I want to say it was an A tier. I don't think it was quite an S tier. No, man, I can't eat them. Kit Kats no, give me I the think... shit shats, and I just don't. <laughs> <So>. uh, <laughs> why? <Yeah>. It's fucking. <laughs> why? Oh, you just hear Justin in the bathroom. Just. <laughs> What's going on? No Follow a fucking trail of uh, Kit Kat wrappers all the way through the hall to the shitter, and I'm in there just going. <laughs> Oh, love it. Oh, that's our newest clip from the motion picture, The Mummy. Love it. Blue gold. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Jerem, what's your take on this? What what do you think? What's the monster that gave me arthritis? What's the name of the individual? Uh, Unknown Worm 1103. I can't tell if it's male or female. Um, I'm sorry, 1102. What does that mean? Or, I mean I, <laughs> Not that that fucking matters. Female arthritis stronger than male? I don't understand where you're coming. Because I feel like I feel like when I heard this, I pictured an old woman topping this, but then I was like, "What's an old woman doing on Reddit?" I feel like this is well, fifty-one. I mean, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, to what? To like at the end, like, they and they don't go as a descriptive. So like. After the monster disappeared, you just developed arthritis and it got worse and worse over the years. Uh, so they were five years old when they developed the arthritis. That's what I'm getting at. Mm. I was going to say to me, it sounds like Eric Andre's talking about feeding LSD to people. Uh, nah. Uh, like, <laughs> I said to people. <laughs> um. Maybe. Like I'm saying, that's the kind of story it sounds like. It's just like so out of place. It's like what? It doesn't make sense. Like, 
I, I mean, I don't know. So I don't believe it. I no, know. I do not. Uh, if we're gonna be serious about it, yeah, then you serious. have to. You have to. Uh, there's unknowns that we have to know. Like, for instance, I know where. Was the house haunted? You know, was there? Was it just? Did this only happen once? You know what I mean? I know we don't have the details, but that's the stuff that we would need yeah. to know uh, to give it any credit. Otherwise, it really just sounds like I mean, I don't know the the thing oh, from gosh. don't the thing from Don't Look Under the Bed gave you arthritis. Uh, the Disney movie, yeah, Don't Look Under the Bed. <laughs> he had the teeth and the nails. He had the teeth and the eyes. It's the Sandman. Is the, the Sandman from uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? The guy from the nineties. His voice would go up and down. Please like, yeah. God, no! That son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't this what you wanted to? Uh, yeah. Bob Bobcat Goldweight. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh no! I cued it too early. Well, I was gonna say I think that this story is a bunch of horseshit myself, mm. but. Uh, but scary enough because Verdict, if there's all... a monster out there running around just handing out arthritis, that's not good. I mean, it's not. I mean, <laughs> it makes me kind of question: Is that where my my depression came from? The depression the monster. Depression monster. <laughs> the depression monster got me. Like there's there's anxiety demons, paralysis demons, arthritis demons. Diabetes demons. I mean, I think I think. What was it that last one? Diabetes demons. That, maybe, maybe that's what or takes for you. For just running around in ghost form. <laughs> I come to get your foot. Come for your daughter. Chuck. <laughs> that's why you don't. You, you you come for your daughter, Chuck. That's why you don't sleep with your foot out from under the uh, the covers. Wilford Brimley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you, in the underworld. <laughs> okay, you wake up. You got diabetes and you got varicose veins, and it's. Uh, like, what, the, what the hell happened? His wife has varicose veins. No. <laughs> it came from rent. Oh. It most certainly did come from Reddit. I, I will tell you that. Sometimes um, it can stay there. Sometimes it can most definitely fucking stay there. Oh, well. Did you mention something about a, a new segment that you wanted to jump into yeah, today on the show? We had a new segment. Oh, yeah. and I think that Jeremy is spearheading. <clears throat> yeah, Chad, just uh, you know, let people know the name of this one. So, this is a little segment that we like to call Read It and Weep. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking bad. <laughs> I was gonna cue the goosebumps music for this, but I don't have it. So, well, uh, so sorry. We know we talk a lot about movies on here, but we also understand that we have people who, you know, our readers, our book readers out there. So nerds, and, nerds. Uh, as you're listening to this, if you're just gonna stay inside tonight, maybe read a book and watch a movie. Here are the top ten books that you should be reading on Halloween. Mm. So starting at number ten. Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. Uh, just to give a quick little rundown. So it's October 24th, the week of Halloween. The perfect time for Halloween party. The traveling carnival was finally stopped in the little green town, Illinois, when a 13-year-old pals, Jim and William, raced to the experience for fun. But there's something a little bit different about it. The shadowy carnival and these, the workers this year. 
So the people of Greentown are about to get more than they bargained for. Mm, sure they are. Oh yeah, it uh, says it's mysterious and spooky, <clears throat> the perfect book for Halloween. Nice. nice. Number nine, which fits in today's topic, which will come along, is one of my favorite books of all time. Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I don't think I've really got to give much detail about that. And if no, because we're going to do detail, that later. I was going to say, if you want to give more... You would let me finish. Well, he found but, it. Sorry. I had to cue up your music. I had to cue your no, music. No, not you. Him. I was saying that if you want to know more about it, then continue to listen <laughs> on. But. Yeah. So, the monster of Elwin, uh Ellen Haven by Je- that- uh, Jennifer Geisbrecht. Hmm. Um, it says monster was the best <laughs> monster was the best his favorite word the first syllable formed a kiss the second was a hiss that's a quote from this book um, is it all poetry is I, it all rhyming poetry I was wondering it's a 2019 <clears throat> it debuted uh, twisted nightmarish tale of a monster and a murders on a murderous rampage I can't speak today um, that's okay <laughs> it says a grim riddle uh, riddle a grim little novella. <laughs> but these are the books no. that Jeremy's recommending for you. The guy that can't read. Yeah. <laughs> just, just keep in mind. It's not his well, fault he can't read. Fault. can't read. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so this, that is that this is why it's oh, important to read, people. This is why it's important to read. It's a horror book in every way. Uh, evil monster, creepy setting. Um, bucket fulls of bloodthirst, uh, a compelling LGBTQ um, storyline, but don't go expecting a sweet romance. My dog is choking. So oh, shit. He's good. <laughs> He's just yakking on a bone. I was like, what soundbite <laughs> is this? <laughs> He's just yakking on a bone. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. Oh, God. Um, Today's been a day, boys. <laughs> oh. Number seven, we have Mexican Gothic by Silvia Marino Garcia. Um, Where a, this uh, is a book I can get behind. I know. It will, <laughs> it, I'll even like the cover. It's uh, nice. Very nice. Uh, but Jesus. it's um, a dark, atmospheric 2022 novel about a woman who suspects her husband is trying to murder her. <clears throat> and it takes place in the 1950s in Mexico. Um, <laughs> it does fit a gothic horror book genre. Um, it's a, It looks like it takes place in a lush mansion. mansion and it's a psychological thrills and supernatural mystery. So it's definitely one to check out. So it's out. like... It's Crimson Peak. That's what it this sounds is the, like. And yeah. Probably during this book, they were roaming around Mexico listening to La Bamba. It's the 50s. Oh, yeah, the 50s. That's, a good, that's a good point. True. It's true. The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. Hey, I know Neil Gaiman. He did American Gods, I believe, right? Oh, I'm not, that I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I think so. Hopefully, so you can impress some of the readers that are listening. Hey, I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty sure it's a 2008 uh, award-winning children's book that we swear will delight readers of all ages, especially around Halloween. Um, It's quoted saying, "Fear is contagious. You can catch it. Sometimes, all it takes is for someone to say that they are scared for the fear to become real." 
That ain't the only thing you can catch, Neil. Yeah. Anxiety works the same fucking way, Neil. <laughs> but, I mean, it sounds pretty cool, though. It's um, It says it's a uh, human boy raised by ghost, but don't let the fun... Oh, leave, yeah. So. So, so Neil Gaiman did do American Gods. He also did Coraline. Oh! So, you know what? That, that book that you just described, Jeremy, sounds like what would have been the outcome of the Casper movie if the dad had decided to be dead mm-hmm. and then she just stayed in the house with all the ghosts. Yeah, 100%. She would have been raised she, by uh, She would have been a little promiscuous growing up. Um, <laughs> so the next is one that people have heard about just thanks to a Netflix series by Shirley mm. Jackson, The Haunting of Hill House. And... Do I, really... I almost feel like we need to start this whole episode over. No, right? no, we're rolling, baby. It's a good Halloween. Ep. No, no, no. It's what was said. Uh, no, so just keep going. Just move along. I was gonna say I can't see you guys move right along. now. So, um, I mean, do I really need to give description on this? Uh, it's a 1959 Gothic horror classic. Uh, I mean, I'm sure because I mean it blew up on Netflix, you know. But I like Gothic. So. Yeah, it's um. What is it? A slasher. It's it, it's sort of a slasher gore that uh, you'd find in the classic Halloween movies. Uh, it plays on the fear of the unknown, spurring readers' imaginations to run wild. And the story begins when researcher John Montague sets up a social experiment at a labyrinth manor called Hill House. So, uh. yeah, if you if you liked the um, series on Netflix, definitely read the book. I heard the book was actually a lot better. Hmm. I couldn't even no. imagine the fucking book because the <clears throat> the series itself, uh, not that I was like the jump scares didn't get me, uh, but it gave you a really creepy, eerie feeling. It played on real life horror too, which also kind of fucked me up <clears throat> and not in a good way. So I couldn't imagine the book. The book probably would be really good to read uh, for Halloween. Well, f- uh, fun fact about that, Stephen King kind of based the novel uh, Rose Red off of The Haunting of Hill House. So. Yeah, he was quoted saying that she was a genius before her time, that uh, she did not get enough credit. Yeah, so we're giving a big old Fair shout enough. out to old Shirley Jackson here. If you can hear us from the other world, which we know you can because it's Halloween. Get those All out. the ghosts are tuned in to Halloween 365, baby. Very sweet. H365, they all baby. got their little <clears throat> ghost radios tuned in. You know, now that I said that, I really hope that she's. She might still be alive. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know. I don't know. We have no idea. Uh, oh, God. Well, this person's definitely not alive, and this is a very famous story. And I don't have to go into much detail about this one. Number four, Mary, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Nice. Yes. Nice. And everybody knows about Frankenstein, so. Of course. Number three, we can't, you know, and I love that this is number three because this is my favorite Stephen King movie adaptation. And apparently it is the closest to any book of his, period. Uh, real quick, Shirley Jackson died in 65, so. We're okay, so there we go. Okay. We're good. She hears us. We're good. She's dead, everyone. No. Hey, don't worry, everybody. Don't freak out. She's dead. She's been dead a while. Well, it said it was like 1959 when it took place. That was probably one of her last books. Yeah. 
but not this man. He's still alive and kicking. Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Ooh, nice. Ooh, nice. Yeah, we've talked about it enough on this show. You know it. Uh, they've <clears> even done a remake. Don't if you want something close enough to the book. Don't watch the remake. Watch the original one. So, but the book very scary from everything I've ever heard of anybody ever reading it. Now we move on. Well, go ahead. Stay out of those cemeteries. Though. The ground's bad. Mm-hmm. The ground's bad. Ground's sour. Sour. <laughs> Soil of a man's heart is Estonia. Um, <laughs> dude, I could quote that motherfucker all day. Anyway, um, Alex E. Harwell, the once and future witches. Mm. So, came out in 2020. It's a. Uh, it's fairly new. Yeah, details the lives of the Eastwood sisters, three, 1893, New Salem, suffragists fighting for the rights <clears throat> of modern women, real live witches included. Um, it's a delightful tour of history, fantasy, and female empowerment that would make a juicy pickup for your book club. Are you good? You look like you, you stubbed your toe over there. Nope, I'm good. Just just bleeding he's just bleeding a little bit the pumpkin got me i think he may (laughs) i was gonna say i think he got i think he got got by the pumpkin okay so number one um any ideas i I, I was gonna say it's probably stephen king related but uh now i'm I'm, the halloween town book that they show in the movie you know nothing like that uh scary stories to tell in the dark I was going to say nothing like that made the top 10 list. Um, wow. Very impressed. Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman. Never heard of it. Talking about so the, the pres- book based on the movie? Or the movie based on the I, book? I was wondering that, and I don't know. So, it says if you prefer October merrymaking over murder, then you will like this 1995 tale of everyday magic and bewitching family drama is one of the best Halloween books of all time. Sounds like uh, the movie, Practical Magic. I was going to say, and hold on, it gets more like the movie. So it says the heartwarming story of uh, Jillian and Sally. Is that their names in the movie? I don't think. It's been years. Anyway, uh, two sisters who Mm. want to flee their family's legacy of witchery isn't scary or horrific. Instead, it's a touching story of sisterhood that's brimming with magic. Yeah, it's the movie. Yeah, it's for sure the movie. (laughs) Dash of the practical magic and promises of holiday cheer. That's exactly what it is. Well, it got number one. Well, okay. Yeah, because it said, you know, if you like a little bit of uplifting and uh, more merrymaking during the scary holiday, this is the one for you. And what is that that you two nerds called that? Read it and weep? Is that what that segment was? Read it and weep. I mean, you're definitely doing some weeping. I, I don't know if you're going to be reading any of these books. Hey, but maybe we appeal to somebody weep. out there. Maybe, maybe. We're still learning. You're all growing with us. We're all growing together, right? All, all right. I guess I'll just go fish Exactly. <laughs> okay. There it is. Just gather around and I'll elucidate what goes on outside when it gets late. Long about midnight, the ghosts and banshees, they get together for their nightly jamboree. There's things with horns and Well. Someone's bang. About this side. Number what do you what do you think? <laughs> well, 
I think that this is um, one of my absolutely favorite books of all time. One of my favorite lore stories in American history. And as far as an animated movie that Disney's ever done, this is one of my favorites. It's kind of shocking that we have put this episode... I wouldn't say we've put it off. But we just hadn't talked. We we had been talking about it leading up to it, but we just never found the right time to do the episode. And uh, I mean, it's Halloween. We had what better uh, time? A long time ago, had you come know. up. Actually, first season, I would say, first year that we did the podcast. This was one of our mm-hmm. early mentioned episodes. Uh, but we wanted to have like a historian uh, on the yeah podcast with us, which that yeah. fell through. So we just did it our own fucking self. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, every single time we try to get this episode like put together, something would just crumble. So, so what better now here we are for Halloween, then, right? Agreed. Yeah, and Agreed. It, it works perfectly too, just because when does he go rotten on Halloween night? That's right, he does tonight, the night that you're <laughs> listening to this, ladies and gentlemen. And who are we talking about? He's gigantic in height and um and muffled in a cloak. It's Christopher Walken. It's Christopher no, Walken. It's Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. But I tell you what, Ichabod was horror struck on perceiving that he was headless. But his horror was still more increased on observing that the head, which should have rested on his shoulders, was carried before him on the pommel of his saddle. We're talking about the tale of the Hessian soldier. Horseman himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, a popular myth following the American Revolution was the story of the headless Hessian soldier. Hessians were German troops called upon to aid in Britain's fight against the American colonists. And one particular Hessian was reported decapitated by a cannonball during the Battle of the White Plains in 1776. And as the story goes, the corpse of the beheaded Hessian was buried soon after the death of, <clears throat> at the old Dutch church in Sleepy Hollow, near the small village of Terrytown, New York, which you can go visit today, and they carry on all of these traditions. Um, it was believed that the Hessian would arise at night in search of his head, and anyone who was ill-fated enough to come across this apparition was condemned to death by beheading. It's a brutal way to go. It's a brutal ghost story. I'll tell you that much. Like, I feel like this is probably one of the first times in at least American culture that we had ever discussed um, <clears throat> physical harm coming to someone uh, during a ghost story. At least one of the first recorded stories of physical harm. Yeah. And uh, it's different. And- you know, the book itself, the original story of it, is a lot more spooky. It's more creepy, more to get you kind of raising up the hair on your arm compared to Tim Burton's Christopher Walken yeah. Hessian swinging. Ah! Yeah, but that was it, freaky too. You also have to give it this <clears throat> credit. Yeah. This book is the first American horror story, period. This is the first American yeah. horror story book uh, 20 years after the Revolutionary War is uh, when 
the whole thing was supposed to have taken place. And so this is the uh, the OG, if you want to put it that way, of uh, American Which makes 100% like, it makes uh, 100% sense of why it's still so legendary to this day then. <clears throat> well, I mean. Well, it's as American Do you feel like it's charm? It's as American as apple pie. Coca-Cola and <laughs> Levi's and all that other mm-hmm. shit. Um, no. <laughs> well, believe it or not, there are skeptics of the headless Hessian. While skeptics of the supernatural could argue against the existence of this headless horseman, historical records show that according to the New York Historical Society, that there actually was a real decapitated Hessian soldier in 19... I'm sorry, excuse me, in 1798, uh, in his memoir... Major General William Heath wrote, A shot from an American cannon at this place, White Plains, <clears throat> took off the head of a Hessian artilleryman. And another soldier, Anthony Maxwell, is said to have witnessed the unfortunate death firsthand and talked about it for years after the war. According to the book Once Upon a Time in a, the American Revolution, you can find his quote there. Now, the old Dutch church still stands. Obviously, it's not. You know. Oh, yeah. Wow. The haunting tale of the headless Hessian soldier was well known in the Northeast. Coincidentally, about 10 miles from White Plains, New York, where the gruesome death is said to have happened, a teenage boy named Washington Irving was living with a friend in a small village in Terrytown, which is now what the whole thing is because, you know, Sleepy Hollow is still there, but it's more yeah. of a township. Um, so Washington Irving was living in Terrytown at the point in time. Um, the true story behind Sleepy Hollow can be traced to Washington Irving's early years. At the age of 15, he left New York City and made his way to Terrytown, where his friend, James Kirk Paulding, lived. Uh, but this wasn't a regular house visit for Mr. Irving. Around the time, in 1798, New York City was gripped by yellow fever that had made its way from Philadelphia, where mosquito-borne disease had killed thousands. Irving's family was among the wealthy enough to leave the city and find refuge elsewhere. They escaped to the fresh countryside of Hudson Valley, where it's clear from Irving's writing that he adored the pastoral setting and the eerie feelings inspired by the quaint colonial Dutch architecture of Terrytown. It's a very, very unique place now, and I can just imagine how unique it was back then. Well, he was so. quoted saying that because the Catskill Mountains <clears throat> are um, in that area, so he was quoted by saying that uh, they had a witching effect on him and his imagination his entire life from living there. <clears throat> Man, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just saying. Yeah, you know, when they came over here, they brought some of that stuff with them. So it's, and then this area, the Dutch, New York, is a Dutch based place. He came from New York City. Hang on, I can't. I lost you. Oh, he said he came from New York. New York City. Huh? He didn't come across the fucking pond. He came from New York City. <laughs> yeah, they did. How do you think? Good old NY. Anyway. Uh, 
anyways, the infatuation greatly influenced Irving's creation of the Sleepy Hollow in a number of ways. <clears throat> Besides having the fictional Sleepy Hollow village modeled after the real town of North Terrytown in which he lived, the writer also enjoyed naming loosely basing characters on real people that were living in the town at the point in time when he was alive. The protagonist in Irving's Sleepy Hollow, Ichabod Crane, who one might have mistaken for some kind of scarecrow eloped from a cornfield, uh, <laughs> is said to have been inspired by Jesse Merwin, a mutual friend the author shared with Martin Van Buren, who later became America's eighth president. Merwin was a teacher from upstate New York who had kept Irving company during his stay in Kinderhook in 1809. Damn. And you can kind of uh, look up pictures of Jesse uh, Merwin. Uh, I can see, I mean, this guy's more heavy set and he's older, but he's the inspiration for Ichabod Crane's character. Yeah. yeah. But the, he, actually, Kinda. He, he actually got the name from a real person, <clears throat> though. Did you know that? But did not know that. Yeah, so Ichabod? Ichabod Crane was a colonial, uh, or colonel in the uh, unit. God damn it, people. He was a colonel in the U.S. Army during the War of 1812, whom he uh, Irving had met in 1814 in Sackett's Harbor, New York. Well, that's awfully weird, because here's another man that apparently inspired Ichabod Crane. Uh, uh, as reported by the New York Times, the bookish schoolteacher was inspired by Samuel Youngs, a lieutenant from Terrytown. Maybe it's the same man that we're talking about here, who was friends with Van Tassel family, who was also inspired. Irving appeared uh, by the name in the folktale. Uh, it's likely he really met Katrina. Well, he met the Van Tassel family, so he definitely had somebody in the Van Tassel family that inspired him uh, to make a character based on her. So, yeah, yeah, I would say he probably had a little, a little something for one of the Van Tassels. You know, he said. That barn's a gold mine. <laughs> Katrina, here we go. Here, here's your answer. Katrina Van Tassel. Meanwhile, Ichabod Crane's unrequited love interest was also presumably based on somebody Irving knew personally. Described rather excessively by Irving as plump as a partridge and as ripe as melting, as ripe and melting and rosy cheeked as one of her father's peaches. Jesus Christ, Irving. You horned off. The Dashi of the Basha. The Dashi of the Basha. Uh, he, he's, he's really getting in there yeah, today. So. Plump as a partridge uh, and ripe and melting and rosy cheeked as one of her father's peaches. He even threw her dad in there. <laughs> you fucking dog. <laughs> That's what I mean. Uh, so Van Tassel uh, is believed to be loosely inspired by <clears throat> Eleanor Van Tassel Brush and perhaps by other women that he had flirted with and known around Terrytown. So he took a few features he liked from a few different <clears throat> women. And he just like, kind of made his own. Oh, yeah. oh, Eleanor! <laughs> no wonder. He was like, yeah, that plump uh, peach that coke so, Katrina, son. I guess the Van, command me, Lord. I guess the Van Tassel family had peaches because he was saying Eleanor was as plump as one of her uh, daddy's peaches. That's that's yeah. Mm. 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 I don't know what to say about I that. Yeah, uh, I need to find me a Eleanor. 
He's going to move out to the country and eat him a lot of peaches. Yeah. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> hey, speaking of, speaking of, well, let, let's see those pumpkins. Let's see those pumpkins. Let's see the juicy pumpkins. Let's see what the progress oh, is. To, I'm, I'm finished. Well, well, oh, if I do, oh, you're done. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. I want to do this one we'll at a pose, time. baby. <laughs> Jeremy, you can show him oh, yours wow. first. We'll interrupt this. I want to see one. Go ahead, Jeremy. I want, I want we'll show him both. I, just, I, just, I wanted to. I, I don't mean to interrupt. I just want to see. You guys were going to be doing this throughout the episode, but it happened so quick. Happened so quickly. Um, so, uh, well, I was going to say, um, you know, we had to carve pumpkins today, but one for one, it's Halloween, and two, what gets thrown at Ichabod? A giant jack-o'-lantern, which is all they find. Look at that. He's frowning on one side, smiling that. on the other. Represents his happy times in Sleepy Hollow, and then his sad times at the end. That's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. I'm not even gonna lie. That was the. I'm, I'm almost envious. I was gonna say that was the <laughs> idea. I was like, oh, Ichabod, here we go. I like it. Yeah. So come on, little Hessian. Let's let's see what you okay, got. Okay, here's my unveiling. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We gotta get. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna take a puff. Oh, oh you oh. fucker, you motherfucker! He's got presentation. He's got. Oh, look at that! Look at that! Celebrate! <laughs> <laughs> look at oh, it! Oh, that's cool. I do dig it. There's the H three six five official people. <clears throat> it's the official pumpkin. The official jack o' lantern. H three six five jack o' lantern, baby. You can buy them now, wherever Jack O'Lanterns are sold. And just real quick, to anybody listening, <laughs> if you're not watching, you'll be able to see both of these on all of our social media, Instagram, Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Not on mine. I hide from the world. <laughs> he, he's buried deep within. He's locked in a glass case of emotion. It's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you think? What do you think inspired... The pure fact that he had to center this around Halloween. Like, what, 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 what is, what is I mean, is it just a pure fact that it's a ghost story? Or do you think he even thought that far ahead? Yeah. What's your opinion since you read the book? Well, I was yeah, gonna... I mean, yeah, you're the only person I know that's actually read the book. I was going to say, it doesn't really... <clears throat> I guess, because Ichabod comes in around school time. He, you know, he's a school teacher, so therefore... Yeah you know up north i mean around here we do it in august but you know late august early september so he's coming in and then usually what's the first break you know and he's ichabod's already yeah, trying to break. get in yeah. with women around town even though it says he is hor horrendous but katrina seems to like the way that elope scale or it's not skeleton elope scarecrow looks but um yep i would think it he just kind of based it off of uh maybe celebration from hearing stories of Halloween from the old lands and maybe they, you know, the harvest festivals and stuff like that. And, uh, it was like, he had to get a harvest festival jab in there. People. Well, because it does <laughs> talk about them bobbing for apples and stuff like that in the book, you know, uh, at the Halloween party, it's, it's a big Halloween harvest party is what it is. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, that's what he, you know, he even says that the Van Tassels always throw a big Halloween party each year. And, uh, 
I guess just the mixture of the whole story of the headless Hessian. He was like, well, this to me, that's what it sounds like. At least it would go perfect with Halloween. What better way to create a yeah. horror story? And I agree. I, I love finding out when books or movies are based around Halloween that are horror movies or books. Like it just makes it that much better. Yeah, that's a fair point. Would you say that would you so so in most cases a lot of people say the book is better than the movie always go for the book over the movie is this one of those rare occasions or do you think tim burton knocked it out of the park or did disney knock it out of the park so like i said i loved the book so much because of how creepy and it was and it just like it was one of the first books i really read that gave so much descriptive detail like i felt like i was there i was like this is good yeah and um I think Disney hit the nail on the head a little bit more than Tim Burton, for sure, 100%. Um, because it doesn't, you know, it just kind of focuses on Ichabod's time there, and then, you know, Braun and him not getting along. Uh, and then the Headless Horseman story's been brought up like a time or two, but then it really, at the end, it's like, you know... Um, it's just a big build-up, pretty much, which you don't get anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, Disney, of course, added their little kinks to it um but tim burton's uh i still like it a lot i, I mean because how else how i see it i'm rambling but how i see it is you can't really make a movie like that that's going to be a full length movie from that story unless you do what tim burton done and switch some things around and add a little bit more of this and he does visit the town more than once instead of just on halloween yeah 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 and this is the same man that wrote Rip Van Winkle, too, as well. So keep yeah. that in mind. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it was they, they were published at the same time, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were the... Yeah, uh, technically, they were the first here, two yeah. American horror stories. Do you think that that... Do you think there's a reason that nothing else has ever come close... I mean, of course, you know, we've got our horror movies, you know, of course you get Stephen King, but I don't think, you know, there's even people out there still to this day. If you say, do you know who Stephen King is? I'm sure they're going to be like, yeah, I don't know. Or I'm, I've heard the name, but I, I'm not familiar with any of his work. Mm. Everyone knows of the Headless Horseman. It's become a mascot well, for Halloween. For for Christ's sake, he was our mascot almost maybe or something similar. Just, there I mean, I, I understand that like there were movies and stuff that were big, but maybe it's just us as Americans that everybody knows about Sleepy Hollow. Maybe, you know, we yeah. go outside the country and nobody really knows what the fuck we're talking about. It might be true. It's almost like Bigfoot, man. You know, everybody in America <laughs> knows about Bigfoot. It's like right there with it. Like, Yeah, it's up there. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely put it up there. But yeah, we know about Nessie. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. Well, so, okay, so I mean, I would, I was just going to say, I would say we know about this like we do the Salem Witch Trials, like everybody knows about <clears> it. Yeah, it's like, like well, like Beard said, it's as, it's as American as Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very American. Let's not be 100% so. fooled, though, because he did not come up with every bit of the story. He did borrow the writing of the uh, Hell Horse uh, from uh, we talked about this a long time ago. It was from pagan lore, uh, from one of the uh, so-called Halloween uh, spirits that were supposed to come riding uh, on All Hallows Eve or Samhain. So 
he borrowed that. That was part of it. Because if you think of the Hessian, the German soldier was just an artilleryman. He was on the ground. He was a foot soldier that had his head taken off. So the the, the horse, the devil hell horse and all of that stuff. Wouldn't have been. Right, exactly. In. He he definitely took yeah. that from uh, from lore, which probably came from his family, as Jeremy said, because they came, you know, everybody came across on the, on the boat at some point. Yeah. So he probably knew that from uh, old tales that he'd heard from his mother and father and so on and so forth. Uh, and so I, I mean, like Jeremy said, the setting of Terrytown, and probably because he's a New England guy, so all the leaves yeah. turning orange and red and burgundy in the middle of Terrytown, it probably just and and the old pagan tales and stuff that he'd heard, uh, because they they were bringing Halloween with them at that point in time, as we've once talked about before. Yeah. So that probably just tied into it. He honestly might have had some sort of uh, like family tie of like uh, they celebrated Halloween, you know, the pagan way. And so he set this whole thing around that. It's very possible because it's been altered a lot. Is it in public domain, yeah. Chad? I can't remember. I I, I don't think I know it the is. comic book I, is. I, the Sleepy Hollow comic book was it's in public domain. Yeah, I definitely think um, that it, it came from a lot of like family ties because I mean, dude, in, in the book, I can't tell you how many times he makes sure you know that old Dutch area, old Dutch area. Yeah. Uh, the public domain ran out before January first, nineteen twenty-eight. It has been been in public domain for a long time. Oh God, so we can do whatever the fuck we want with it. Technically, yeah, you can you can do whatever the hell you want. Hell we want. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's there. So it's there for the taking because of <clears throat> uh, Washington Irving and his ingenious way of encompassing the magic and scariness of Halloween into a book. Mm -hmm. uh, very well could be contributed. I mean, could contribute to the fact that we make Halloween such a big deal here because I would say that. It probably made a lot more people into the mysticism of this new holiday that just came over from another country. Oh, what? Oh, Halloween. Yeah. Oh, the headless horseman. Oh, the Hessian, the pumpkin, the headlessness, you know. Yeah. Don't cross the bridge. Uh, so I love it. it. I think it's awesome. Very well it's... could have uh, benefited the spread of Halloween and, and how it is today. That's just a personal opinion. That's not... <clears throat> Agreed. No, I, I was actually getting, that was going to be a question I was going to ask. Do you guys think that Halloween would be as uh, synonymous as it is now mm -hmm. without this story in existence? Because it, like you said, it's part of American culture. It's big. It really influenced a lot of things. It influenced some of the stuff we see. Of course, that stuff originated elsewhere. But this is, like you said, one of the first things to really put it on the American's doorstep. Yeah, a lot of other podcasts, I would say, <clears throat> would say no, Halloween probably still would have been as successful without it. But I'm going to argue mm -hmm. because of how early the book was published and how yeah. unaccepting uh, people were yep. to new holidays and stuff that come from other religions. I don't think Halloween would have spread like that. I think that this was really a foot in the door. Uh, not maybe not when just the for the holiday. I mean, like he's not running around screaming Halloween trick or treat, obviously, but he's giving mysticism to that knot. He's making it more interesting to the people that are reading the book at that point in time. So I feel like that it takes 
a big role in making Halloween turn into something that everybody was widely starting to celebrate uh, across America at that point. Yeah. And so the book came out. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the book came out in 1820. So you got to think in the, in the grand scheme of things, we're not that far removed from the Salem witch trials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, we're not. So you got to take it into play. That's probably still a lot of people maybe just now being like, eh, okay, we got past that. Uh, yeah. But you know, him bringing that back and then like what, uh, Justin said the whole mysticism of that knot because I mean of course everybody knows October 31st you know it's, it could be a cold knot you know I mean hell it's snowed before around here um, yeah but he really goes in detail specifically about how creepy it felt like extra on that knot like oh the cold wind blowing he said the moon's out but you know and back then they didn't have street lights and shit like that so the moon's out yeah, and it's starting to fade behind lanterns, the clouds uh, the sounds of the <clears throat> everything in the forest and all he can kind of hear is just the trot little trot of his horse going down Mm -hmm. the gravel cobbles yeah dude it's like he really implemented that on halloween i feel like and that kind of put a foot in the door also there for authors to come and you know so forth moving forward with that so let's because chad brought it up and and how it got published and the date that it got published so i wanted to kind of go over just a brief of what went into that and how it became um it was 1817 washington irving's family business went bankrupt following the uh, british american war of 1812 uh while irving had a respectable reputation as a writer there were no real job prospects left for him in america so he left new york for birmingham england where his sister sarah and her husband henry van wart were already residing uh, it was here that Irving, plagued by writer's block, uh, wrote his first book, A History of New York from the Beginning of the World to the End of the Dutch Dynasty, uh, years before he was struck with renewed inspiration to write uh, Sleepy Hollow. Uh, a conversation with his brother-in-law had awakened in him old memories of his time in the Hudson Valley growing up, Uh, With it, Irving's fascination with the community's Dutch past and local lore. Washington Irving spent all night after speaking with his brother-in-law, writing his manuscript. His sister and brother-in-law, barely awakened and dressed for breakfast, were the first to hear the opening chapters of his collection of short stories that would later become known as The Sketchbook. The collection of essays was issued serially, Throughout 1819 and 1820, under Irving's preferred pseudonym, Jeffrey Crayon, which is what he called himself, uh, <laughs> as an early Spent author. too much time in England. I know, right? It's, uh, its later publication included the short story of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. The sketchbook received rave reviews following its first publication, which included five essays. Uh, one of the first reviews for the book came from Irving's former publishing uh, colleague, Henry Bravoot, and whom Irving had shared a very intimate and complicated relationship with over the years. Back then, they didn't care, baby. I I mean, I didn't know. No, no, no. Maybe they were just buddies. Maybe they were just pals. You know? Horse play. Two horses playing. (laughs) One kills the other. Uh, but 
But Bravut's anonymous review of the book, published in the local newspaper, respectively outed Irving as the creative force behind the pen name Jeffrey Crayon. Um, the sketchbook soon made its way to England's literary base and received just as much praise as it did in America, the book earning Irving the title of the finest British writer produced by America. Critics particularly enjoyed Irving's elegant and humorous vernacular, and most agreed that the third story of the book's sixth installment, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, was the collection's crown jewel of his entire sketchbook. As it was. And uh, Sir Irving, because you said that the actual Sleepy Hollow as a book came out when, Chad? Uh, 1820. Okay, so... The Legend of Sleepy Hollow itself came out in 1820. Right, so it was part of the sketchbook in 1819, yeah. and so they said it was the crown jewel and put it in 1820 in its own book. And Mr. Washington Irving did get to enjoy um, a modest amount of success because he died November 28, 1859, of a heart attack back in Terrytown, where he mm-hmm. finally returned. He's buried, and I have been there, actually. Got a photo there. Wow. Well, uh, he's buried in Sleepy Hollow Cemetery, and his grave is decorated every single Halloween with pumpkins and uh, jack-o'-lanterns. And uh, I've been to the old Dutch church. I have stepped foot on the Headless Horseman's Bridge. I have sat in front of Irving's grave. Uh, it's a fantastic little town, in my opinion. Uh, it's really cool. Are you going to move there one day? I would like to. I don't know about moving there. I didn't spend enough time. (laughs) We'll see. I I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. This book, not only do I think that it inspired Halloween, but I also think that Terrytown wouldn't be as well-known as it is without it. Uh, Agreed. Because, I mean, it's their namesake. It's it's just like the Mothman in Point Pleasant. It's like witches in Salem. Mm -hmm. It's it's what they do. Everything. 100%. I think that their high school uh, mascot is the horseman. I think that he comes out and rides on the field during homecoming with the flaming pumpkin. And That's pretty cool. Um, That's yeah. pretty cool. God, I know I that all around the town, the horseman is like <laughs> engraved in shit and he's hanging from the flags. Like they really embrace the horseman thing. Um, yeah. And so all of that made me want to question if Terrytown actually has a spooky past or is it all just bullshit that Irving wrote I mean yeah. very good bullshit but is it is it real is there any but, truth but, yeah um, yeah yeah so now Sleepy Hollow as I said is indeed a real place it is not the same as it was back in 1818 when Irving first pinned the American classic um, as we said it was known as North Terrytown Sleepy Hollow was but there are some actual haunted places that are in Terrytown. Um, cool. As an example, Raven Rock on Buttermilk Hill is home to many ghostly women. Um, yeah, I know, right? Buttermilk Hill. Uh, <laughs> so, on this Raven Rock on Buttermilk Hill, God, it's no wonder he fucking come up with Rip Van Winkle with all this shit around him. Buttermilk. Rip Van Winkle and big old peaches. And... Um, so there's supposed to be many ghostly apparitions of women. Uh, an old German woman living in a hut alone near the old burying grounds of Raven Rock is who you're supposed to see. Uh, she was shunned by the Dutch community 
because of her herbal remedies. And uh, they were always secretly demanded, even though that they decided to shun her. So they would shun her out of the town and still want her herbal remedies. In 1777, mm. when the Redcoats marched into Terrytown, uh, this lady, Mother Holda, took up her musket to defend the town, even though they shunned her. And she lost her life in battle and still haunts Raven Rock to this day, so as the legend goes. So there's some spooky stuff going on mm-hmm. up there. And there's also Ooh, Haunted King's Mansion. Say. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, where the idea for the old European legend, the Wild Huntsman, came from. Um, nice. Andre's Brook is another thing that flows through Patriot's Park. Uh, it is the haunted Andre's Bridge, and it still has some original stones in it. You might be surprised to learn that there was actually a bridge, like I said before, the Sleepy Hollow Bridge. Um, Many Hessians fought with the British as mercenaries during the Revolutionary Wars we talked about, and one of the clashes with the American troops occurred just nine miles from the heart of Sleepy Hollow in what is known as the Battle of the White Plains. Once again, that's where the Headless Hessian happened. But according to the memoir written, General Heath, once again, the cannonball did take his head off. Now, this bridge is supposed to be haunted. It's not the actual uh, Headless Horseman bridge, but it's supposed to be haunted by Redcoat soldiers in Terrytown. I mean, you know, this is just... This could be actually haunted, or it just could be tales. It could be like the man with the hook yeah. hand. Or, um, <clears throat> but there's also the Sunnyside Historic Haunted Manor, um, home of Washington Irving, where some people claim that you can see Irving's ghost. They also say that the old Dutch church is haunted as well, because it is the original grounds of the first Dutch church. See, I love the fact that it turned into a flipped ghost story, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Now you're seeing his ghost. How cool is that? So they actually, I, so whenever I went, I, so I don't have, uh, that's the historical facts that I've got, but I want to tell you whenever I actually went there, um, my whole goal, because I was there and I was like, I went into the visitor center and I go up to the woman that's at the front desk and she's giving me, you know, the little pamphlets and stuff and want me to check out this and that and so on and so forth. Uh, and the only question that I asked the woman, I said, is the, the bridge real? Like is the, is the bridge, the so-called bridge, uh, the, the covered bridge that he, uh, that Irving wrote about that said that he had wrote across, is it real? She said, yeah, of course the bridge was real. Uh, she said, you can visit it. It's in the middle of town. And there's a sign sitting there and you can look up the sign on Google. And I said, but wait, is that the actual one? And she said, well, no, but that's the Horseman's Bridge. And I was like, is that just the one that was dubbed the Horseman's Bridge? She said, yes. And I said, so is there a foundation for the original bridge? And she said, yeah, uh, but you would have to find it, that it was near the old Dutch church and it was in the woods. So guess what my fat ass did? <laughs> <laughs> you went hiking. Yeah, I went hiking through the middle of yeah. the fucking woods in Terrytown and went down and found the old cobblestone columns for the base of the fucking bridge near the Dutch church. That's really cool. Uh, now, I can't say that that is 100% the bridge, but she said it was True. near the Dutch church and uh, it's mossed over. It's not got a sign or anything like that. So the Headless yeah. Horseman sign that you see whenever you go to Terrytown is not uh, the actual 
bridge, according to this historian lady that worked in the town. Yeah. But you can, I mean, that's where everybody takes their pictures and they're all like, oh, and it's just a normal shitty concrete bridge <clears throat> at this point that you drive across. Um, but I like to think that I found the actual base to the original, maybe. You may maybe. have. If not, you you touched something pretty historic, oh, yeah. I think. 100%. Regardless. You were in the woods where he he rode. You know, I'll 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 say this. I know we're running out of time, so I won't rant. Uh, but I will say. I I do believe without the headless horseman, uh, a physical, human humanoid entity. We wouldn't have Freddy Krueger. We wouldn't have Jason Voorhees. We wouldn't have the Creeper. You know, we wouldn't have any of those things. I really don't think we would. That's just my two cents. I think that he's, would... he's not only the first ghost, but uh, the first American monster. That is true, actually. I guess. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just thought. Um, he's definitely just thought. probably the first scary bedtime story American based. Yeah, can you imagine? So, we're just, I know that we're, like Chad said, we're running out of time, but just as yeah. we're getting ready to go out on this episode, I want to put you in this mindset. We're talking 1800s. We're talking you're traveling through the woods with no, uh, but like a, a lamp that's hanging off the carriage, or if you're not walking or riding your own horse through these woods that are completely dark in a whole new land where you don't even know half the fucking land that's there. They only knew certain amount. <laughs> you don't of, even know what's yeah, out exactly. there. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And so not only were they worried about, you know, having attacks by natives or by like the French that were still um, wandering around on the other side of the country and so on and so forth. And the different red coats that actually had stayed and hidden out and all this stuff was going on. Um, but you also, that. what? Go ahead. No, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, think, think about the animals. Yeah. Yeah. On top yeah. of that. So, and then you just got done reading this new book, something that you've never read before. And you're walking through the fucking woods on the way back oh, to Perrytown. <laughs> and you're thinking about it. You're, <clears throat> you could probably hear a horse gallop off in the distance, but it's probably just like the horses in the town. And you're like, oh, fuck, yeah. it's the Hessian. Yeah. You know, how many people that yeah, were like 17, 18 and they heard it and they just took off. You know how like you get scared going up the fucking steps because you think yeah. how many people in Terrytown back in the 17, 1800s, whatever, 1800s <laughs> were hauling ass through the fucking woods going, oh my God, it's going to get me. Yeah. <laughs> it probably did strike fear uh, in the heart of people. It, it probably did. I think it did, and I, th I still think to this day it probably holds true. I think it's it's one of the creepiest stories, one of the coolest imagery-wise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it will... Uh, it's, it's a home run. It is. It is a home run, and I think it's, that it's, it's going run. to continue to haunt the imagination and Halloweens of generations to come because of how influential it was. Agreed. Well, on that note, another Halloween in the books. Boys, we did it. We made it. Halloween 3. Hopefully this makes up which. for the last episode of uh, that we didn't get to put out on Halloween. Yeah, last year was a... Th this year was... I, I just... Yeah, let's take a moment. Let's take a moment and reflect. This has been a very 
strange year so far. It's far from over. <laughs> we, we still got content coming. Don't don't think just because Halloween's over that the content's oh, going to no, stop yeah. flowing. No. Yeah, if you're new to the show, no, no, we no, go no, all year, baby. That's, that, ain't, that ain't how it we works. Go. We keep trucking. We keep them tricks up our sleeves. Yeah, we keep them tricks mm. and the treats up our sleeves. But I do want to say that, as Chad said, not only has this year been a... Uh, a it's been a rough year, but it has also been a weird year. But on top of that, to make everything better, this has been our best year for the podcast. We have yes. so many new yeah. listeners. We've got so many new people that are enjoying it and diving deep. And so, thank you, everybody. Yes, thank you. Big yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that is. It's you don't know how awesome it is to just see the interactions we're having with people. It's really cool. Like just to open up those little those little blurbs and, and, and see the questions, see the answers, see the see all the. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I can only see this podcast growing from there. And if you haven't joined, if this is your first time, join our join our little, our crispy bitches. Crispy join, bitches. join our crispy bitches. <laughs> it's, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's been awesome. This has been a really good year for the podcast. The best year. For the podcast. So do you know, uh, like, do you know how, do you can, how you can join the crispy bitches? By liking, subscribing, following. <laughs> Doesn't cost you a dime. Just a little bit of your time. Mm-hmm. Well, That's all it takes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And enjoy the rest of your Halloween. That's right. Have a happy Halloween, everybody. Get out. Do something spooky. Get out. Do something fun. Go. I don't care if it's a festival. Very spooky book. We'll, we'll put the we'll put yeah we'll put the bickering aside. Go to a festival. Go do something. Turn on Sleepy Go Hollow. Trick or treating. Oh, Turn yes. on Sleepy Hollow. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody.